Uh, my name is Tim Gill. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. I get the awesome opportunity to help out with our first impressions, uh, our hospitality services, if you want to call it that. So tonight, I get the awesome opportunity to continue talking about fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to be honest with you, for a long time, I'd say fruits of the Spirit. And then I recognize that in the Bible, it says fruit of the Spirit. Because how many of you guys know there's one Holy Spirit, right? One Holy Spirit. And all of the fruits that we're going to talk about are part of the fruit of just one Holy Spirit. So we got the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. This should be up on the screen, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I love the last tagline. It says, against such things, there is no law. So uh, I don't know. Did any of you guys grow up in church? Whenever I see the fruits of the Spirit, I didn't grow up in church, but I've got kids, and I was in children's ministry. So whenever I see the fruits of the Spirit, I feel like I have to sing the fruits of the Spirit. Um, I will not sing them for your sake, but uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I heard a story the other day, and I thought it was an incredible story to start out a message like this. Uh, a guy has an apple tree in his, in his yard. A guy has an apple tree in his yard. Uh, after several years of having the apple tree in his yard, the apples begin to turn black, and they get really hard to the point where they're unedible. So this guy goes through this story, and he says that his wife said, I want you to fix the apple tree. And a few days go by, and he's thinking about, how am I going to fix an apple tree? And he's thinking about it, and he's thinking about it, and he's thinking about it. And Friday night comes along, and he tells his wife that tomorrow he is going to fix the apple tree. Well, his wife gets curious. I wonder what he's going to do to fix the apple tree. So all night she's pondering, what's he going to do? The next morning she gets up with the same thought. What is he going to do to fix this apple tree? So she's standing there washing dishes, looking out the back of the window of the house, and the apple tree's right there, and she sees her husband go outside in the garage and walks around the house carrying a ladder, and she's like, ladder's a good place to start. And he goes back to the garage, and then he walks back around the house, and He's got a nail gun. And then he goes back to the garage and walks around the house, and he's got a bushel of apples. And he then proceeds to take his ladder, stand it up, go up, and he plucks every bad apple off the tree. And then he goes back down, and he grabs an apple out of the crate and his nail gun, and he goes up the ladder, and he nails a perfectly good apple that he bought from the store to the tree. How many of you guys know that that's not fixing the apple tree? Right? You cannot, and obviously this is not a real story. It was an illustration that I heard in a message. But you cannot add good fruit to a tree and expect the tree to then produce good fruit. And I thought about that. And I thought about how often in my life I tried to just add good fruit to my tree 
instead of trying to fix my tree the way that my tree needs to be fixed. And we're going to go through this for a quick minute because as I was getting ready for tonight, I thought, it was, I thought it was very important that we start out. And I tell you, don't try to just add the fruits of the Spirit to your life on your own. Because the fruit of the Spirit, I said fruits again. Did you hear it? I'm going to catch myself every time. If you catch me, let me know. The fruit of the Spirit is not the fruit of Tim. The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. And when I try to do them myself is when I get in trouble. Amen? Matthew chapter 15 says, I'm going to start kind of halfway. It's probably more like 17. It says, so every good tree bears good fruit. Everyone say good fruit. So every tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, everyone say this together. Say, you will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. It's important to make that realization. The other day, uh, we were out in the backyard. Uh, my kids were playing, and they pulled a bush out. And then we told them, don't pull the bush out. They pulled out part of the bush. So then they proceed to go back over and try to put the, pulling out, the pulled out bush back in the ground and then walk away. That piece of bush is not going to grow anymore, right? It's broken off. It's pulled out of the ground. It's dead because it's been removed from its source. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about tonight. Because John 15.4 says this. John 15.4 says, remain in me. Now this is Jesus talking. He's talking to his disciples. He says, remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I was thinking about this, and I just thought about this. The root is what produces the fruit. I have tried so often to produce fruit on my own, and it just doesn't work. There's a moment where I can't produce any more it doesn't take effort on my part. I remain in God. I remain in Jesus. And through remaining in Jesus, these fruits become evident in me. I can muster up some love. I can. I can love to a point, but there comes a point where, where I'm trying to love, it's, my love hits the max, and I can't love anymore. And at that moment is where I got to say, Jesus, I need a little bit more of your love in me. Because I could tell you something. I would have a hard time washing the feet of a person that was about to sell me to where I was about to be crucified. I would have a little bit of a hard time doing that. But Jesus didn't have a hard time doing that. I can muster up a little bit of joy. Or I can go to the source of joy, right? And I could say, Jesus, I need a little bit more of your joy. Holy Spirit, I need a little bit more of your joy. I could be peaceful. Sometimes. But there's a lot of time where I have to say, I need peace that does not come from me. Because ultimately, it's not about me. Because what produces the fruit? The root 
produces the fruit. So today, the fruit of the Spirit that we're going to talk about is peace. Everybody say, peace. Say it again like you mean it. Peace. Today we're going to talk about peace. If you're taking notes, I'm a note taker. If you're taking notes, point number one is this. Peace has a source. Peace has a source, and the source is Jesus Christ. Uh, I heard this said one time, the ab- peace is not the absence of something, meaning peace is not the absence of turmoil. Peace is the presence of somebody. Peace isn't the absence of something. It's the presence of somebody, and that somebody is Jesus. Uh, several years ago in 2008, well, I'll go back to 2007, In 2007, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. She was diagnosed with cancer and given a short time of of life after that. So we started to spend lots of time together. Uh, Incredible story. My my mom got saved. Uh, She turned her life around. She she attended church. And I I saw someone that didn't have peace begin to walk in peace as that time was approaching and and it was a beautiful beautiful uh moment of a transformed life but i remember the moment my my mom passed away i remember that that moment um i i could tell you where i was sitting uh i could tell you what i did right after that i remember just after my mom passed away it was a tuesday and i was supposed to be in here uh for a staff meeting and i wasn't able to make it so i wanted to call call some, somebody to let him know. So I remember calling my friend Patrick, and I couldn't even muster the words to, to say. Uh, so obviously it was a very traumatic moment, but looking back on it, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of a valley, I could tell you that I saw the peace that came from Jesus. And I can specifically say that because there are other family members that I have that don't have a relationship with Jesus, and I could see the lack of peace in their life. It wasn't me mustering up a whole bunch of peace to say I can get through this. It was me going like this. Jesus, I need a little bit more of you right now. Because in the midst of all this chaos... I need peace. Because peace isn't the absence of a valley. Peace is the presence of Jesus in the midst of the valley, right? You guys, you guys, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? I will fear no evil. It's because I know who's walking next to me that going through this moment, I can, I can bear it. I could bear walking through a challenging moment because I know who's next to me. Because I know, get this, I know that the source of all the peace available is right next to me. And his name's Jesus and actually he's living inside of me. If we want to be technical, he lives inside of me. I know that I have peace because I have Jesus with me. Not because of Tim saying, I need more peace. I need more peace. Because I'm not the source of peace and peace is has a source. Psalms 29:11 The Lord will give you strength uh, the Lord will give strength to his people the Lord will bless his people with peace. John 
14, 27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor fearful. John 16:33. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Jesus gives us peace, not ourselves. So often what happens is when we're walking through life and something begins to happen, we try to muster up some fruit of peace in our life. But Jesus says, no, that's not how it is. Jesus is the source of peace. His spirit inside of me is where peace comes from. Because the fruit of the spirit is peace. I was thinking about this uh, If I take a branch, a branch on a tree isn't sitting there in early spring struggling to make flowers so that it can make an apple, right? It's not like, I need to make more flowers. No, it's just being a branch connected to a trunk that's got roots down in the ground. So in moments where I need peace, what do I need to do? I need to draw closer to Jesus so that I can experience more of that in me. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what fruit of the Spirit is, whether it's love, joy, peace, patience. I I was going to start singing, but whatever it is, in moments where I need that, what I got to do is hug up next to Jesus and say, I need this right now. But so often we try to turn to ourselves so John 16, again, these things I have spoken to you so that you may have peace. Philippians 4, 17. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The other day I was reading this, and I literally... I see pictures when I read things. So I literally pictured like peace is like a soldier standing in front, guarding my heart and my mind. We've all experienced this, right? When we're going through trouble, what happens? Our heart gets fearful. Our mind begins to think thoughts. We begin to think, what's the worst thing that could happen? But what does peace say to us? Peace is like, I got you. I got you. We're going to get through this. Yeah, this is the valley that we're walking through, but we're going to get through this. I got you. So I need to run to the source. That is where I need to be connected again. John 15, 4. Remain in me and I in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine. We need to remain. If we want to bear fruit, we need to remain. All right, the second piece, or the second piece, the second point is this. Peace works alongside trust. So the first part is this. When I'm going through something, I need to hug right up next to Jesus so that I can experience his peace. The second part is, yeah, I'm next to him, but now I have to, I have to make sure I trust him. My, one of my favorite verses of all time is this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll make your paths straight. This is what that means. As we trust in God, he helps guide us along the path that we're supposed to go. 
Uh, I, I enjoy hunting, but I hate being in the woods at dark. I'm just going to be right out there. I, I just don't like being in the woods at dark. And one of the reasons I don't like being in the woods at dark is I don't want to get lost. And it's easy. Anyone been in the woods at dark before? A couple of you guys? Yeah. Yeah, everything looks like it's out to get you. Just throwing that out there. Everything looks like it's out to get you. And that tree that you think you know what it looks like in the daytime, it looks completely different at dark. And that path that you think is so obvious isn't so obvious in the dark. But what does God say? Even in moments of difficulty, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And as we trust in him, he will direct us on the path that we're supposed to go. One of the worst things at night in the dark in the woods is losing the path in front of you. One of the best things is when you find it right after that and you're like, okay, whew, I'm good. In the midst of storms, we need to be able to trust God and who he is. So check this out. Mark 4, 38 through 40. Uh, Jesus was inside the boat sleeping with his head on a pillow. The disciples went and woke him. Uh, let me give you a little context. Maybe I should start with this. The disciples are fishermen, meaning they have spent their life on water. So these aren't guys that are like, hey, it's my first time on a boat. No, these are experienced guys on a boat with Jesus. At this particular moment, there is a raging storm going on, okay? Like the, the, the waves are crashing and going crazy, and Jesus is passed out. He's taking a little siesta, and the disciples are going crazy. They're scared. These experience, so you got to imagine this is a pretty big deal of a, of, a, of a situation. If guys that are experienced fishermen spend their life on the water kind of thing, if they're scared, you know it's not a little wave. All of us would probably be terrified in this moment, okay? Let's just put that in context. All of us would be terrified, and Jesus is sleeping, so Jesus was inside the boat sleeping with his head on a pillow. The followers went and woke him. They said, teacher, don't you care about us? I don't think that would have been the question I would have asked him right there, but that's what they asked him. I would have been like, how are you sleeping right now? But they decide, don't you care about us? We are going to drown. Jesus stood up and gave a command to the wind and water. He said, quiet, be still. Then the wind stopped, and the lake became calm. He said to his followers, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I think there's a couple amazing aspects right here that we, we can pick up on and we can draw from real quick. The first one is, why wasn't Jesus terrified? Why wasn't he terrified? Jesus wasn't terrified because he knew at any moment he could stand up and say to the wind, be still, right? So he had confidence in who he was. So what was he doing? He was passed out in the boat. He was sleeping because to him, it wasn't a big deal. But there's a flip side of this. Jesus makes reference to the fact that the disciples didn't have to be freaked out either. They had the source right next to them, right? We talked about this. Jesus is the source. 
they have the source in the boat with them. Yet, they're still freaking out. This gives me a little grace in my life because in moments when I catch myself terrified, I can make a realization. Jesus is in my boat with me, right? Jesus is in the boat. If Jesus is in the boat, I don't have to worry because, again, am I the source of my peace? Let's put it this way. Could any of these disciples stop the waves from happening? Could any of them? No. But they, were, they had the source right next to them, and we have the source with us, right? So we don't have to worry about it because Jesus in us, Jesus through us, can calm a storm. So even in the midst when I find myself terrified, when I catch myself in the middle of a lake and the waves are raging around me, and I feel like my boat's going to sink, what can I do? I can say, hey, Jesus, come on in. Come in here with me. You got this. Because it's not that, Jesus didn't say, why didn't you make the waves stop? He didn't. He just said, why, why are you afraid? Basically saying, don't worry about it. I'm here with you. Jesus knew who he was and whose he was. This morning, uh, I, I look at my phone and I got a text message from Pastor Bernie. And this is all it said. It said, shalom, which means peace. And it means peace to destroy the authority attached to chaos. See, Jesus knew those waves in that boat didn't have any authority over him. He had authority over them. What makes the difference is when we walk into a situation and we know that Jesus is with us, we don't have to worry about the authority that chaos has in our lives because we've got Jesus inside of us. Because we walk around with peace all the time. Not because I'm mustering up as much as I can, but because I know who Jesus is in me. And if Jesus is with me, he's got this. I don't have to think about it. So in moments where we're dealing with the, the thick of it, in moments where we're walking through, like when my mom passed away, in moments like that, in moments when you're sitting in your car or you're sitting in your house and you feel like you're all alone, first of all, remember, Jesus is with you. Second of all, remember, he's the source of peace. And third, I can trust him. Because if Jesus is in my boat, my boat's not going down. Amen? He knew the ultimate destination so he could trust in what was the outcome. And we can trust in who Jesus is. So it comes first knowing there's a source for peace. Second, in knowing that trust walks alongside peace. It's not a flippant thing. I was thinking the other day, sometimes as humans, what we do, sometimes as men and women walking around the world, we just have like almost this quarter in our pocket that we're flipping. It's like, well, if it lands on heads, I'm going to be peaceful. If it lands on tails, I'm not going to be peaceful. And we're just flipping this quarter. What's going to happen? What's going to... It's not what it is. We always have Jesus with us. It's almost like Heads is peace, and it's a two-sided coin. I wish I would have brought a two-sided coin. That would have been awesome. Next time. Uh, 
Either way, we got peace. It doesn't matter what's going to happen. Every time we flip that quarter, it's going to be peaceful because we have Jesus inside of us. I can't produce peace, but Jesus is peace. Proverbs 3, 5 again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Can I, can, I, can I give you guys a little grace for yourself and say, you don't have to understand it all. We don't have to understand it. All we have to do is say, God, I need a little bit of you. Holy Spirit, fill me up because I need your fruit in my life. Because on my own, I get worried. I get anxious. I let, I let trouble into my heart. I lose focus on what the end destination is, but when I, have, when I have Jesus in me and I allow him to work through me, I become filled with peace, and it surpasses all understanding. Everyone say, I have peace that surpasses all understanding. I don't know why I can have peace in the middle of chaos, but I can I don't know why even in the midst of crazy things that my mind doesn't understand that I can, I can still trust and have peace, but I can, and we can. Not because we mustered up, but because of who Jesus is inside of us. So what does that mean for us on June 23rd at 725? Peace is something that happens because of a choice that we make, and that choice is standing next to Jesus, whether it's a good day or it's a bad day. Stand next to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need more and more of you in my life because I can't do it on my own. Galatians, <laughs> this is good, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Look at what this says. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It's not me that's living. It's me allowing Christ to live through me. It's allowing Christ to live through me. So this is what we're going to do. We got just a couple minutes. I want to ask if there's anyone in here that would say, I just need a little bit more of that peace in my life. I just need a little bit of that. If you need, if you need that, we're not going to go around and ask, what do you got going on? We're just going to say, hey, do you need a little bit of peace in your life? If you need a little bit of peace, just go ahead, raise up your hands right now. Come on. I could use some of that. I got four kids at home. <laughs> you want to know the cool thing is? Do you know what Jesus is going to do right now? I imagine him having, I kind of pictured it like chocolate milk, so I'm just going to say that. He's got like this big gallon of chocolate milk. He's going to walk around and just like, dump it on us. So here's what I'm going to do. If you raise your hand, can you put your, I can't, I can't put two hands. I would put two hands out like this. Yeah, like, like, like it's a big present for Christmas. You know what I mean? 
And we're just going to ask and say, Jesus, fill us up. And it's going to be that simple. The cool thing is this. You could do this in the car. Okay, if you're going to do it in a car, leave your hands on the steering wheel. God could still fill you up. But you could do this in the car. You could do this in the office. You could do this right as you're going into a big meeting. You could do this as you're about to, I was going to say meet with your in-laws. I love my in-laws, but maybe. You could do this anytime is what I'm saying, right? So we're just going to say, Jesus, fill me up with your peace. And through this, we're recognizing that we're not the source. We don't have to muster it up. I can't produce peace on my own, but I can be connected. So with your hands all, let's just go ahead. Jesus, we thank you for peace. We thank you for peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus, thank you that we don't have to muster it up, but you freely give it. Jesus, thank you that in the midst of storms and in the midst of chaos, you're right there. Keep your eyes closed for a minute. I feel like there's someone in here that's been doubting, doubting if Jesus cares about them. Maybe it's online. Maybe it's in here. There's someone here that, that maybe feels like Jesus doesn't care. In, in the past, you cared, but, or in the past, you felt like Jesus cared, but now you feel like you've done something that separated you. And, and I feel like Jesus just wants to say, I care about you. Um, with, with your eyes closed, uh, speaking again to that person or those individuals, I feel like something happened to you not, not long ago, but, uh, but long enough ago where you've kind of felt like your love has been drained. And I think God wants to also fill you with love. So if that's you, just receive that love right now. Just receive it right now. Jesus is going to pour it out on you. Do you guys know that nothing can separate us from the love of God? How amazing that is. Even when we have challenges and all that kind of stuff, we can go running right back to him. One last thing I want to do with your eyes closed. I just want to ask you, have you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? And if you have not done that, when I count to three, and if you'd say today, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, I'm going to have you raise your hand when I count to three. If you're online, go ahead, just type it in the chat, or go ahead and raise your hand online if there's the option, if you're on the platform. But I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, just raise up your hand and say, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior. One, two, three. Raise up your hands if that's you right now. Yep, hands going up. Come on. That's incredible. Come on. Let's go ahead and do this. Can I have everyone repeat it to me, whether you've done this before or this is your first time, just say, Jesus, today I choose you. I give my life to you. I ask for forgiveness for the mistakes that I've made. And I thank you for the restoration that you provide through the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.